And you know, I was a little late coming to the prayer meeting this morning. I'm usually here about 10.30. and didn't get into maybe 20, quarter two. I had a message direct. And I called it the name changer, the game changer. How when God changes names, it's for the changing of the game. That is the game that you think you're on. The game that you think you're walking, i.e. the plan, the purpose for yourself. And during yesterday, Friday even, most of the day on Friday, you're thinking about it, you're musing over scripture, you're praying about it. A man is writing it, except for Friday evening, uh, Daniel and the leaders took um, the youth up to Starbucks in the outlet. And I thought I may run up and see them. So except for that little break, I was straight back down and straight on to the message again to try and get it done. Because Sunday, tonight's message is so big. I mean, it's a, it's a prophetic message, a lot of study in it. And this morning I got up and was washed and showered and ready. Everything's done great. I can be at ease in Zion for an hour and drink a cup of tea. No. Because I said to Alison, even yesterday I went out. Um, I seen Elizabeth yesterday. Um, I went out for a couple of hours. I ran them over to Rushmere. And I came back, ended my message again. And then because it was my wedding anniversary, we went out last night for a meal. And last night when we came back, I was going back into the message again. And also my ah, wedding anniversary. You're staying, the rest of the night's mine. So everything was done. But there was something I said to her, I'm just not 100% sure on this. I always try and bring a message when we have a dedication, like little Courtney, Lily, Barbara. And whenever we have a dedication, I try and bring something along the name off that. And obviously, there's not too many biblical names called Courtney, Lily, or Barbara. In fact, there aren't any. And I always don't, I don't like things to beat me. So, Lord, how can I work this in? Because it's good, for the, it's good for the parents to take something for future years and to have as a memento, if you want, of that morning, of the dedication. So, lo and behold, Dave and Victoria, stop beating that child up. Look at you. Leave that wee one alone. Bless her. And this morning, just I was ready. I thought I'll throw my jacket on and I'll come around a bit earlier. And I got another thought. So I have a couple of wee things jotted down here. And it's to do with Courtney's name, actually. I thought I'd do the name and then couldn't get anything. And I thought I'll write about name changing. But it was getting too intricate. And I thought, this isn't right. So the Lord gave me a couple of wee thoughts. And I'm going to call this wee message... And Denise, dear helper, has done a post for us that they advertise it as the name changer, game changer. So we're going to call it, I'm sure she's done CDs out as well, and written the title on it. We're going to call it God's Glory, God's Grace, and God's Gathering. God's Glory, God's Grace, God's Gathering. Turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 10. Ezekiel chapter 10. So I was a little late coming around this morning, and that's the reason why. I couldn't leave, and I felt the Lord just led me to this. I have a couple of things jotted down, 
And to be honest, I haven't announced where we're going with it. But he knows anyhow. We'll trust in his guidance. Ezekiel chapter 10. Ezekiel says, Then I looked, and behold, in the firmament that was above the head of the cherubim, there appeared other, over them, as it were, a sapphire stone, as the appearance of, of the likeness of a throne. And he spake unto the man clothed with linen and said, Go in between the wheels, even under the cherub, and fill thine hand with coals of fire from between the cherubims, and scatter them over the city. And he went in in my sight. Now the cherubims stood on the right side of the house when the man went in and the cloud filled the inner court. Then the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub and stood over the threshold of the house. And the house was filled with the cloud and the court was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. And the sound of the cherubim's wings were heard even to the outer court as the voice of the Almighty God when he speaketh. Let's just pray for a minute. Father, will you now take your word and scribe it in all of our hearts, whatever you'll tell us, whatever you'll say, however you'll lead us. And will you glorify your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, for in his name we ask it and for his glory. Amen. So I was sitting thinking of this wee baby girl dedicated this morning. And her name's Courtney Lily Barbara. Courtney really means one from the court. Someone who has come out of the court. So I was thinking, what, what does this mean? Someone who's come out of the court. And this scripture came to my mind this morning. And look at it, what it says. It says here that Ezekiel seen a man. Verse 3 says, Now the cherubim stood on the right side of the house when the man went in and the cloud filled the inner court. The cloud filled the inner court. Ezekiel is, believe it or not, not at the temple here. He's not at the temple in Jerusalem. In fact, he's a captive He's a captive of Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel. And he's taken away captive by Nebuchadnezzar and the, his soldiers. You, you'll read of Daniel and, and uh, the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace, Daniel in the lion's den. But Ezekiel was a little further, and at this time he's at the river Chebar, and he gets a vision. And this is what he's seen. He's at the river Chebar. He's in a foreign land, a strange place, but God shows him something. You know what this tells me this morning? That wherever I am, that wherever you are as a Christian, a believer, as one of God's own, no matter what state of mind you're in, no matter what problems you're having, no matter how captive, bound, and tied up you feel, God is able to find you. 
He knew Ezekiel was at the river Chebar. And wherever you are, even in your circumstances and your problems in life today, maybe you're at your river Chebar. It's a Chebar that we read of at least twice that Ezekiel gets a vision from God, that God comes directly in to his life, sitting at a river, and suddenly sees the temple. But notice what he sees. He sees a man dressed in white who would represent the high priest, who would go into the temple of Jerusalem but once a year, sprinkling blood upon the Ark of the Covenant and the glory of God would come down. But here the cloud comes and fills the very outer court. You had the, or the inner court. You had the outer court then you had the inner court, then a curtain, and he went in behind it. And that's where God would meet with the high priest of Israel once a year. And the idea here is he's saying, Ezekiel, the temple has been more or less taken down and destroyed. It's in poor disrepair. Ezekiel, you're away in a foreign land. You may have a certain amount of freedom where you can walk about and live a little life. Maybe even things aren't too bad at times. But Ezekiel... Really, you're only existing. You're not fully living. That's what men and women are like when they're away from the presence of God. Every one of us, before we know Christ, who aren't saved, you're away from the presence of God. You're at the river Chebar, taken by the enemy at his control and command. And while you're there, you're lost. Ezekiel, it looks like you're lost. It looks like Judah, you're lost. If I say Jews, it's because the Jews' name comes from the tribe of Judah. He says, and you look like you're lost. You feel like you're lost, and there's no hope for you, and the enemy's all over you. And you're at the river Chebar, sure, who would know you? He says, but I know you, and I know where you are. And when you're in Christ, Christian, maybe you're feeling like that at the minute, even in your spiritual experience. When you're in Christ, God shows us whom we are in Christ, where we are in Christ. We might be at a river Chebar. We might be feeling lonely. We might be feeling down. We might be feeling distracted. We might be feeling hurt. We might be wayward. We might be even in our mind struggling and in our faith struggling. We're only human. But nevertheless, where you are, God knows. But God this morning wants to show you, you may be there, but this is where he has you. You, this morning, no matter how you feel, it's not on your feelings. We don't walk, by, we walk by our faith, not by our sight. And we're not saved by our feelings. We're saved by our faith in Christ. And you may say, my faith is little. My faith is small. Listen, if you think your faith isn't operating in you right now, well, then you wouldn't be here. Your faith is what's got you out of bed on a Sunday morning instead of pulling a duvet over your head. It's your faith that's what got you ready and got you dressed in your Sunday best, if it is, and get down in the church. It's your faith that has you sitting here this morning. It might be little, but it's operating and it's working. And, but God says, see, even though it's low and it's weak and it's, you're down and all those things are happening, I know where you are. You're at your bar, but I want to show you who you are in my son. And he shows him glory. He shows him the temple. He shows him the high priest. He shows him the glory cloud. You see, brothers and sisters in Christ, in spite of how you feel, you this morning may be sitting in a pew feeling at the river Chebar, 
but you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's what God says about you this morning. You may be looking around you and it's the enemy's camp is everywhere, but we don't worry about the enemy's camp because he was defeated at Calvary. And this is who we are. We look at the temple. We see what God is. We see who he is. We see what he has done. We see where he's brought us, what he thinks of us, where he has placed us in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And sitting at Chebar, we feel faith starting to rise in our hearts, strength starting to come back to us. Lord, I feel like this, but you remain the same. That's who I am. We need to see ourselves in Christ this morning and how he thinks of you, brother, and of you, sister. The cloud filled the inner court. It was filled with the cloud of God's presence. Notice this, what it says in verse 4. Then the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub and stood over the threshold of the house, and and the house was filled with the cloud, and the court was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. Do you know sometimes we see nothing but cloud? Sometimes we see nothing but the clouds of despair, clouds of darkness, clouds of emptiness, clouds of hopelessness, and it seems to just follow us and hover over our heads. And listen, then everyone and everything becomes wrong. And do you know what happens when we get to that place and this cloud seems to be following us? We look at the wrong things. We believe the wrong things. We see the wrong things. And we rely on the wrong things. We trust in the wrong things. And what happens? It brings us into a wrong place. Ezekiel, sitting by the river Chebar, I want to show you my glory. I want to show you who you are in me, son. I want to show you what I have for you. I want to show you who you are right now in spite of you sitting at a river. There's people come with... uh, they're sitting at their chibar, but the river chibar is full of cloud, and they're not seeing the cloud of glory, but the cloud of doom and despair. God wants you this morning to see that sometimes when you see cloud, he's doing something. You see cloud, he's still working. You go out here, and it's a cloudy morning this morning. The sun is still in the sky. The sun's still there. It hasn't went away, you know. <laughs> Sounds familiar that, doesn't it? We need to see beyond the cloud because beyond this cloud, Ezekiel's looking and he sees the court filling with the cloud and he could see nothing, but, or he could maybe think in this way that he sees nothing, but while the cloud is covering the temple, the outer court, the cloud is moving deeper, it's moving further in. Lord, what are we going to do? And the Lord says, just watch, wait and see. Notice what happens in verse 4. Notice what it says. Then the glory of the Lord went up from the clouds. He couldn't see that the cloud was under God's command and the cloud was God's presence and the cloud was that which was going to bring forth God's glory. And we see the cloud, the cloud, the cloud in our lives, the cloud, the cloud, the cloud in our hearts, the cloud, the cloud, the cloud. But God is working in you, brother. God is working in you, sister. And he says, just wait and just watch and just see my glory coming from you. You know why? Because you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. I have to admit, there's times recently when I see cloud, 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 cloud. 
more cloud and more cloud and more cloud. And I look for a sunny day and I want to get on the spiritual airplane and fly to Spain or somewhere. I want to fly to Tenerife because there's usually better chance of sun at this time of year. I just see cloud, 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 cloud. <laughs> That's all I see, cloud, 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 cloud. Everywhere I go, there's a cloud. And I say, Lord, what about this cloud? And he says, son, you can't see what I'm doing behind it. Daughter, you can't see what I'm doing behind your cloud. Ezekiel, look at the cloud. It's filling the place. Is it being overcome? You don't realize this is me. You don't realize this is my presence. You don't realize, but watch my glory burst forth. Watch my glory burst forth. The glory of the Lord went from the cherub and stood over the threshold of the house, and the house was full with the cloud, and the court was full, listen, listen, full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. Do you know, I said again, the temple of the, that Ezekiel sees is a, a, a vision of the literal, Hieron is what the name is in the Greek, the literal brickwork, ornate temple. But you know, the temple of the Lord is what's really known as now the naos of God. The naos means the place where his direct presence is. For example, in the temple, through the court, outer court, inner court, through the second veil, you went into that place where the high priest went once, but just once a year, and sprinkled blood on the Ark of the Covenant, and the glory came down. That was called the naos. But you know what the New Testament tells us? That that in Christ, that since those of us who have received the Lord Jesus Christ as our own Lord and personal Savior, that in him, us who have been washed with, by faith in the blood and redeemed by that precious blood, we are not uh, coming to an ornate temple. Yes, we're in this ornate building, this Heron of a building to come together together to worship him. But when we go, he goes. And people would say sometimes, I walked into that place, and it was an empty building, and it's a church building, and say, oh, and you'd feel the presence of the Lord. You know why? Because God was with you, not in the building. The naos in the New Testament, when Paul says, know ye not that ye are the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, you are, that's called the, the naos. Now that place where the high priest went is not anymore in a little 12 or uh, a foot cube room. It is now in his redeemed people. It's now in his ecclesia, or his ecclesia, his church. And you're the naos of God. And God's saying, look, naos, listen, temple, you're going to be filled. People are going to see my glory, see my righteousness come from you. And you may think you're, a cloud is following me, a cloud is covering me, a cloud is engulfing me. He says, wait, you see the glory of God. God's doing something in you. God is working in you, brother. Don't give up. He hasn't finished yet. Don't give in. He's not through with you. And by the time he's through with you, you're going to be looking, not from Chibar, you're going to be looking from a heavenly position at all of your Chibars that are below you. I could stay on this chapter, but I want to do two other little things to throw them out to you. Go with me. I want to look at God's grace. God's grace. Go with me to the Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon, chapter 2. Chapter 2, please. Let me just find the place where I'm going to. 
Perhaps we need the right book. First one. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. So first of all, we have court, the man from the court. That's what courtney means, one from the court. Here's the man from the court, the woman from the court here, the court of the presence of God. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. As a lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. And let's get the grips with what is actually happening first, just very briefly, synopsis of it, little, or a, a little nutshell of it. This represents Solomon, the king of Israel in Judah, Jerusalem. And Solomon, the story goes that he sees what's known as a, a young Shulamite from a little family or a clan, if you want, uh, called the Shulamites. And the idea is that this young woman is put out into a field and she's been, her dress has become tattered and dirty and torn. And I have a booklet written on it. You can get one and take it home and see me going through it all right now. And she's, she's in the dirt and the, and the sun has baked her skin and her skin has went and wizened up and she seems older than what she is because the, the world around her has really come into her and really destroyed her. And that's what the world does. I've been in the world, like many of you, and it destroys you. I think you're having a good time in the alcohol, the clubs, and the drugs. And Nelson and I went out last night for a meal. We went to uh, a hotel, and then we went to uh, another hotel just for a cup of tea. We were being fudgy, weren't we? We went into one hotel for a cup of tea, and we went up into the, there's like a place where they play a piano. We thought, we're going to go in and get a cup of tea, and we'll walk back out again. It was just Charlie night, just not a good place to go. Didn't even get a cup of tea. Fiverr for a cup of tea doesn't help either, like, you know, but... <laughs> it was, the, it was the, the surroundings, it was the atmosphere, it was everything, that everything in me was screaming out against, and Alison was screaming out against everything that was there. No, I, I can't abide this sitting on the tables. I thought, we'll go for a, maybe it's a coffee area. No. Couldn't abide it. Sickening in the stomach. We just walked in, we sat down, and I said, let's go. We'll walk back out again. You see, the world around destroys, but when Christ comes into your life, he changes desires. Changes your heart. Changes your will, your will changes your mind, and everything that you ever thought was good. And you see it destroys. This young woman was destroyed by the things of the world. And moving quickly, listen to what happens. One day she sees this horse or a chariot maybe coming down the road and she realizes with the flags and the banners unfurled, it's the great king. Everybody get out of the way, the king's coming. Get out of the way, the king's coming. Get out of the way. King Solomon, the great Solomon's coming. The man full of wisdom and might with mighty armies and champions. Get out of the way, the king is coming. So this worthless, good-for-nothing young woman who's been destroyed. Uh, she's, th- she's thinking, I better get out of the way until she hears a voice. It's the voice of the king. Mm-hmm. Stretches his hand and says, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. Let me take you from it. Let me take you from it. Solomon here is a type of Yahweh or Jehovah. 
Jehovah is Jesus. Yahweh is Jesus and Jesus is Yahweh. We're just talking Old and New Testament here. God's remained the same. And the Shulamite is a type of Israel here. And the bride, she, he brings her into his banqueting house and his banner over her is love. And he dresses her, he cleans her, gets her clean and he dresses her and she says, I am as the, the tents of Kedar, as the curtains of Solomon. You know, you can see her swooning like the king and I. And really what she's saying, see really who I am? Without Solomon, without my great king, I'm like the tents of Kedar, the old uh, tents that were put up for maybe a lot of months or weeks and taken down and moved somewhere else with, with traveling folk and they put them back up and they lived like that. And the sort of white canvas becomes dirty and tarnished and torn and repaired, but it just keeps falling down around them until it comes to a place where they're just disgusting looking. And she's saying, see really me in the world where I was with my torn garments or whatever it was and the dirt, the dirt in my face and my skin was black with sunburn and wizened up. So see, when I look at myself, that's who I am. But now look at me, I'm washed, I'm clothed and I'm clean and I'm living in Solomon's temple and these great Curtains are, are maybe blowing in the wind down maybe between his, the pillars of, of, of his house. He says, now he's made me like that. He done that for me. Christ and his bride. And you know, whenever you're in the world and you're not saved, you know what it's like? You're like the... You might be wearing your best of clothes, but you're still in your sin and it ravishes you. And when God looks at all he can see is the sin and it's, you're like the, the tents of Kedar. And although I'm no better than you, yet because I trust in Christ, my King and my great Solomon, he washes me from my sin and he cleanses me. He's paid my debt with his precious blood and redeemed me unto himself. And now I can look and say, but I'm now as the curtains of Solomon, the wonderful temple or the wonderful uh, palace, I should say. See, that's grace. When grace comes down, grace means one bowing down or stooping down in kindness to an inferior. And this great king comes along and he stops his chariot and he bows down and stoops down in kindness to this young Shulamite. She didn't deserve it. He didn't know her. He just loved her and he says, I'm going to change her. I'm going to help her. I'm going to marry her. I'm going to feed her. I'm going to bless her. I'm going to clean her. I'm going to clothe her. I'm going to bring her into my place. And she's going to know what it's like to live in my kingdom. That's what Jesus does for those who receive him as their Lord. He washes you, he cleans you, he cleanses you. He puts on the robe of righteousness and he brings you into his tabernacle or into his temple. He brings you right into his kingdom. And you become beautiful because he's beautiful. Isn't that what we're saying? You're beautiful. There's a song here that says, I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. And most of us know that the lily really we all say is the Lord Jesus Christ because let me tell you what lily means. It gives the idea of a flower or a flower that is blossoming beautifully. It also gives the idea or the symbol of innocence, purity, and beauty. Innocence, purity, and beauty. And look, we all look and say, the Lord Jesus says, but really the Shulamites sing in this part, but there's, there's an overlap we need to look at. She is actually saying, really, the lily isn't really up to much. We think of a lily as, well, it's, depending on the time of year, it's orange or white. 
you know, it's either July or Easter. That's not the lily that's mentioned here. The lily here was more a placid color and in the background, but it could grow in the most stinking of swamps. And she's saying, I'm like that. Pensacodar, I'm like a lily, nothing. But really, when she looks at it, she thinks she's demeaning herself, but really, in Christ, he says, no, no, I'm the lily. How is Christ the lily? How is he the lily? Because he came into the most stinking of swamps of our world? Absolutely. Because he grew where no other flower would grow and could do what none other could do? Absolutely. Absolutely. But because he's pure and he was innocent and he's beautiful. So when she's singing, she's realizing only his innocence and beauty can make her can make her like anything she ever dreamed to be. Friend, if you don't know Christ, only Christ can make you and bring you into heaven. Only Jesus, not yourself. Lastly, turn with me to Hebrews 4, or Genesis chapter 14, please. This is a strange one. I was thinking about this, you know, and I, I nearly gave up. I'm a sort of stubborn, you know. Willie Steele says to me the other day, I was down the other night trying to do that video I was speaking of, and he says, what would you do if you have done all this message, but even for tonight, and the Lord says that you have to change it, you felt so impressed to change this, what would you do? Because I'd said, I, I, I couldn't change this message because there's so much work went into it, and he says, well, what if the Lord told you? I said, well, I'm going to have to change it. <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it. And this morning I thought, Lord, I'm not going to change this. I can't get, what about Barbara? No, Barbara means, comes from the word barbaros. And it's actually more Greek of a name, a Greek name. Listen to what it means. Stranger or a traveler from a, from a foreign land. Stranger or traveler from a foreign land. And when you look at the Hebrew equivalent of it, the Hebrew equivalent simply means a stranger come from the other side of the river or the sea. <laughs> Hebrew, a stranger that comes from the other side of the river is sea. And if you go to Genesis 14 and verse 13, just one wee verse quickly, and then we'll wrap this up. Thank you for your attention. Verse 13, And there came one that had escaped and told Abram the Hebrew before he dwelt in the plain of Mamre. Now, you notice that. That's the first time you read the word Hebrew. Hebrew, okay. Now, if you go to Genesis 10, verse 21, this is where Hebrew comes from. Unto Shem. Shem was one of Noah's sons. Remember after the flood, there's only uh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth cut off the ark with Noah and their wives. Remember that? Shem is where you get Shematic or Semitic name from. Unto Shem also, the father of all the children of Eber. See, Eber, that's where Hebrew comes from. The name Eber. And it means the same one who crossed over the river or over the sea. And Eber is actually the great-grandson of Shem at this point. So Eber, his children become known as Hebrews, and they become those who would travel or go across the sea. Is it not strange that when we come to the history and the biblical lineage of Israel, that, that Israel become people, Abraham crossed over the river Euphrates into Canaan land. 
And so a migratory people started. Is it not strange that, that when Israel separated into two kingdoms, that the house of Israel migrated west and came right over the seas? Is it not strange that even in this, when you think about it, at the time of the book of Judges, Deborah was leading Israel in battle, and she turns to look at all the, the, the tribes, the 12 tribes that were there, and Dan is missing. And where was Dan? The Bible tells us Dan was in his ship. Dan was, he was just sailing away on his own. But here's another thing. Is it strange, or is it not, that the, 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 that the Greeks, or the Hellenes, these Greeks had a people called the Danoi in it, who are believed to be descendants of Dan. And also they had Danan in it, another tribe from the descendants of Dan. And is it strange that they came in Irish mythology and history that they came to the shores of Ireland called the Tuatha de Danan? You know what it means? It means that they were a worshipper of another god because they had lost their identity. But nevertheless, they were migratory, crossing over seas, crossing over rivers. And God was really uh, putting this into them. Why? Because then this would happen and the gospel would be brought out. The gospel would be accepted in who? In you and I, over these lands and over these rivers and over these seas. Listen, why do you think the name Danube and the Danipia rivers are? Because that's where Dan will be like an adder by the way. He goes up like a river. And, they, and if you read the scriptures, everywhere where Dan went, they changed the name of the town to Dan something to do with their father, to mark it there. And when they've done, that's all over that area. Dan or Don or Don is from Dan because there's no uh, vowel in the Hebrew. So D-A-N means judge. Daniel is a God is my judge or God is judged or the judge of God. D-A-N means judge. And so D-U-N is the same. D-O-N is the same. Adonai. A-D-O-N-A-I. Adon means God our judge. The great almighty judge. D-O-N. There's no O. You see? So they went across the sea. They went across the rivers just as God has said. I've done my best for Barbara, you know. Barbara. From these Greeks came out, and it says they were travelers that came out. I wonder, was it the same ones? I don't know. I don't know. Do you know when the first Christians who came to Ireland, and I, the first Christians came to Ireland, they were the early apostles, or followers as well of the early apostles. And do you see when they landed on the shores of Ireland, do you know what they called them? The Kildee. That was their name for him, Kildee. They became known as the Kildee. You'll hear about the name Kildee. And do you know what the word Kildee means? Strangers who've come to our shore. Or, listen, and the word is that they came preaching a word with signs following. It means servants of the Most High God. Servants of the Most High God. I pray this morning that this wee one that was dedicated and all of us will be men and women of the court realizing who we are in Christ. And that we will wait through the cloud to see his glory. That we will end up there looking down upon our chi bar. And you'll do well in God. And I pray that you'll see that we are 
Without Christ, we have been as the tents of Kedar, and we are now as the curtains of Solomon and all his glory. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, I pray you'd be missionary endeavored to go across land or seas or even the street and drive back tonight. <laughs> the Lord bless you all. And I pray this especially for the little one we've dedicated. God bless you. So